Hey guys, welcome back to Lash Boss Radio. It's Shelby, your host, and today I'm interviewing Angela Berboa. She is the co-owner of Lash Studio in Tucson, Arizona, and today we're going to be talking about education in our industry and what it takes to be a great educator. It's a short and sweet episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. And real quick, I will be at the Lash Affair event in Scottsdale, Arizona, April 29th, which is this coming Monday for me. And I hope to see some of you there. If not, hopefully I'll see you guys at another event this year. So without further ado, here is Angela. Angela, welcome to the Lash Boss Radio Show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, we've been planning this a while, so I'm glad we're finally sitting down to dive into your story. And for the listeners that don't know, Angela works with her sister, who has also been on the show, so that will be kind of exciting. It'll be the first pair of sisters that we'll ever have. But yeah, so let's get right into it. How did you get into the lash industry? Well, that would be my sister, uh, Melissa Atlash. So I was doing restaurant management. I had been in restaurant and bar management for a very long time because I love working with the public and I just loved it. But working till 5 a.m. in the morning just wasn't working for me anymore. And my sister was like, come on, get into the business Um, because she's always into the beauty business. And she loved it. And she was like, come in, let's open up together. Let's do this together. And so finally I said, all right, cool. So I think it was, I don't know, before 2015, which is when I started lashing, that I went to aesthetic school. So I did a fast paced course, five months, um, graduated. And then my sister, like literally after I graduated goes, okay, here's the classic course you're going to (laughs) take. She's very demanding. Just kidding. (laughs) And she said, here's the classic course you're going to take. This is the day. Um, Here's where you make the payment. So I just sent it in and went on my first course. And that's where it started. That's really cool. So how is it working with your sister? I, I can imagine that can be tough for some people. Like, how is it for you guys? Well, me and my sister have been close our whole lives. We have, I mean, I don't think there's been a time where we haven't been. We're, we've always been there. I mean, I, I think it is really true that blood is thicker than water. Although I know there's mm-hmm. a lot of people out there that might have a different experience. But with me and my sister, we have always been close. We've learned how to argue and learn how to get over whatever it is that our disagreements are. And even furthermore, we decided in the very beginning when we started our business together that we signed a contract stating 50-50 that we would always decide together and that if we both did not agree on something that we were going to do in business, it would be done. And we decided that and actually made a contract of it so that we never had to argue about it. But to be honest, we really don't argue. We don't. We, I mean, we do, but we come to terms pretty quick. That's good. We just, I think everyone argues. I think it's about how you, how you argue. (laughs) Yeah. How you handle it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So you guys have a lash studio together in Tucson and you guys are, correct me if I'm wrong. Y'all are the only two artists in the building. Y'all decided not to hire. Yeah. So we didn't want to do any hiring in the future. We might lease out space. You know, so people mm-hmm. would apply for their own salon license, uh, salon inside sure. of a salon license. And uh, we do have somebody 
that we are bringing in. It's something that we've been kind of throwing out there. So I think by the time this airs, it will already have happened. So I don't know if I should say it right now or not, but we are bringing somebody in. We're really excited. She is not a lash starter though, but she is really business oriented, totally into continued education. And she is just such a great person. She's hardworking. We just love her and we cannot be even more excited. And as of March 15th, she'll be part of our studio. Oh my gosh. That's exciting. So wait, are you allowed to say like what, what she'll be offering? Okay. So the girl that's coming in, her name is Camille and she owns Precision Cosmetics and she does microblading. I believe she does other kind of uh, PMU, Mm -hmm. but um, I think she specifically is geared towards microblading. She does an excellent job and we're really excited to have her part of our team. And that will be March 15th. Yeah, that'll be huge for you guys. I think permanent makeup and lashes go together so well. So since your start in the lash industry, what are all of the courses that you've taken? Like, Do you recommend any in particular? Oh, you know what? I absolutely think that all trainings are beneficial in every way. There are sometimes there's a, a class that really just has one thing that sparks whatever it was that you were missing or what you were looking for when you went to that class. And some they, they bring about things that you weren't expecting that really kind of benefit you. But gosh, I, I've loved all of them because I've done private ones and I've done group ones. Mm-hmm. I love the group ones because you get to meet other artists. I love the private ones because you get that one-on-one training where it's specifically geared towards what you need. Mm-hmm. I have taken a Borboletta Classic in volume. I have taken Lash Makers. I love, she's such a fun gal. She, she tells it like it is. And she just, Mm -hmm. here, here's how it is girls. Here's what you do. Mm -hmm. And I learned so much about clean lines from her. Yeah. I did a private training with Maven or Maven, uh, Trina, Mm -hmm. and that was a lot of fun to get to know her and learn the face studies that really helped with my eye shape and, and putting on the right shaping for my client. Uh, I just recently did one with Wink Lash Products. And that was a blast. I did a one day personal course and that was so much fun. We talked more about pictures and how to work on my pictures a little bit more um, as far as photo. I have taken Lash Box for mega volume and Sylvia, she has her own method on how she does lashing. It's called bouquetting. So there's, there's just so many different styles out there. And I love that because I don't think there's one way to do lashing. It's my personal opinion. Other people might not agree, but I think as long as you're honoring the client with the lash help and you're isolating and you're not overloading their lash, then any darn way you make that fan is okay if that's what the client wants. You know, I mean, we have our way we want to show what we really want to be or who we really are. And then we have our clients and their needs and what they want to do and what they want to look like. And we got to take our experience and which I think, which is why it's so important to do so many trainings and take that knowledge that I have and cater my lashes to my clients. Yeah. So Allie from Lash Anarchist has said that in her courses, like she wants to teach you the rules and then y'all are going to break the rules in her class. And I thought that was like a really cute way to put it, but it is true. Like you've got to know the rules first so that you can know which ones to break. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I'm actually taking Allie. I'm doing a private training with her (laughs) and Maven is actually at her studio doing a group training while I'm training with Allie. 
That's cool. Yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> All right. So you and Melissa are going to be doing something exciting coming up. And can you just tell the listeners about that? So yeah, Melissa has already been doing trainings here and there, already private trainings. And she also did trainings for a company. Uh, but now I'm going to be joining with her and we're going to be doing trainings, uh, group trainings for people. We actually start tomorrow. Nice. <laughs> so that will be officially my first training. Nervous, yes, but more excited to share all the knowledge and to get, and it's a foundation training. So it's a classic training. It's the very beginning. It's the ABCs and one, two, threes of lashing. Mm -hmm. And I am really actually so excited to teach that because starting out lashing, I wanted to cry all the time. It was so frustrating. Yeah. Uh, it feels like so crazy the first time somebody tells you everything that you need to know about lashing and it, it, it's overwhelming. And I want, I, my, my biggest goal is to get in there and make them feel comfortable and just sit with them and, and, and really go through the things that I remember being my biggest struggles when I started. I really want to dig, dig deep into those with these, these new lash artists. And yeah. I'm super excited about that. Yeah. And so with your expertise and like all of the knowledge that you've gathered throughout the years you've been in the industry, you could have started training a long time ago. So why is it now you feel like is the right time for you to start? You know, and I had somebody ask me to train for them a while back ago. And I, and it's, and I told them, I said, well, I think I'm too new. And they're all, I don't think that it matters how long mm -hmm. you've been lashing. Some people have it and some people don't. And I, I agree with that. I do, but I felt like I needed more experience. Like, I think it's important because you have to, you have to make those mistakes in order to learn. You, you have to go through the retention issues and figure out what it is that is causing those retention issues because they can come from every angle. Retention is, is the lash artist's biggest enemy, I mm -hmm. think, because is it the glue? Is it the temperature? Are you shaking the glue enough? Are you applying the glue correctly? Are you putting too much glue? Are you not putting enough glue? There are so many aspects to the glue and the application that it's, it, it can be so overwhelming, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that going through all those and making all those mistakes first is the only way to truly train somebody from the beginning. Yeah. Because I've seen people who take that one course and go, okay, I know how to put mm -hmm. it on there. There's more than just putting a lash on a lash. Yes. There is so many more aspects to it. It's direction, it's weight, it's, there are just so many factors. And I think that only with time and education and experience, can you really pass that knowledge on to somebody? You have to understand the mistakes in order to teach them. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really commendable that you waited until you felt that it was right, because you didn't just take that opportunity and just start making a quick buck when you could have. And a lot of people do that in many industries. There's so many like coaches and whether it's like a business coach or whatever, and these people aren't qualified to do that. Or, you know, it's also something where it's like, if you, if you want to open a salon one, one day, like maybe take a class with a salon owner. If you, I don't know, you don't, you get what I'm saying? Like if you want to, take a training with someone, make sure it's with someone that has walked in the shoes that you're trying to walk in. And if you're wanting to train it, that's great. Like eventually you're going to have to teach your first class and we all start somewhere just like we do with lashing. 
And that's fine. Uh Like if you aspire to be a trainer, yes, like just it's okay to wait and like perfect it and make sure that what you're selling to people is worth the money. Because I think you can actually hurt the industry a great deal when you start training before you're ready. You know, absolutely. Because I look at this and I think as an educator, if you choose to be an educator, you owe it to your students to be the best, to be at your best. Yeah. And these girls are so new. They don't understand. They don't know the people that are just saying, Hey, I'm a company and I'm going to teach you. And here we go Mm -hmm. and charge you an arm and a leg. And you don't know anything that you need to know. I mean, Anybody can teach somebody to pick up glue or pick up a lash, dip it in glue and slap it on a lash. But there is so much more that goes into it. Mm -hmm. And these people that teach before their time are not knowing these important, this important information that they need to teach. Yeah. And it's an an injustice to people and it's an injustice to their clients that they're going to take on. Yeah. Because why we love to bring education to Lash Studio, like we've had lots of people come to our studio from around the country teaching Mm-hmm. to our community. And some people go, why would you want to educate people? Your, your competition? Oh no, mm-hmm. that's not what it is. You are educating your field around you so that more artists are doing proper work yes. and more clients start trusting the business. Yes. Because if all we have is a bunch of people who do terrible work, then lashes are always just going to be terrible. Yes. Terrible for you. But that's not the truth. And there is educated people out there. And I tell you, if I can't get you in for an appointment. When people call me, I find them an artist and I find them an appointment and I'll do that. I will literally text the girls that I know are good in town and say, I have a client who has room and I will get them into the good place because I don't want to see somebody end up going to somebody who's just going to thrash their lash line and doesn't know what they're doing. I mean, it's true. Yeah. And I think that kind of like the cycle of like creating bad artists is going to eventually trickle into And sometimes it happens into like the client base. And so then the clients get used to bad work. And then when they go to a good place, they don't appreciate it or understand it. And it starts with the training. And if you're training before Mm -hmm. you're ready, then your students are probably going to do the same thing. They're going to be like, oh, all I did in this class was this. I can easily do that. We, we copy what we watch. Yeah. We, if, if the people above us or somebody we see as our superior, so to speak, or our trainer or our, our teacher, if our teacher has not been lashing long and doesn't know much, then we assume that's just acceptable. That's the way it works. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. So one of my favorite things to ask a guest is about a time in their life where like in the moment they were sure that they had failed at something. And do you have any of those moments or have you had any? You know, what's funny is that I, I don't look at failures I don't, I can't even pinpoint a failure in my life that stands out, but you know, you know what I think is a real failure, Hmm. not learning from the failure or not learning from when you do something wrong or you mess up. The failure is not trying to find the answer when you don't have the, the answer to the question or find the resolution to the problem or get back up and do it again and do it the right way. I think the failure is not trying again. That's, I think that is, would be my biggest failure is not trying again. And sometimes you know, sometimes things aren't easy and, and you want to give up, but I think that's the failure. I, it's yeah. not the mistakes we make or the struggles that we have that don't work out. I think it's not getting up and doing it again. That's a failure. Absolutely. And like, if you can take that quote unquote failure and flip it 
to benefit you and like make you learn something and identify like what is it in this moment that's going on that I need to learn then can you actually fail probably not it's not a failure yeah no I agree I think if I wanted to put it into a scenario a failure would be putting on a full set of lashes and all of them falling off Mm. and going what happened what did I do what how did I screw that up and my biggest thing is okay what I got to figure it out I got to know what happened and, and I, I, I just go through the steps. What was it? Was it my glue? Well, nobody else that day fell off, so it probably wasn't the glue. Was it, was their lashes dirty? You, if you don't find those answers, you're going to continue to make the same mistakes. So that's, that's yeah. just it. You just keep pushing and then failures become your victories. Right. I think, you know, whenever I first started lashing like that kind of was happening to me, like I was kind of experimenting with different product lines and, figuring out Mm -hmm. how to really make my sets last. And a lot of it was like application error or like how I would use my adhesive or store it or how long I would use a bottle of adhesive in the very, very beginning. And because I had to learn the hard way, like I was never going to make that mistake again. And I was able to teach people better too. Like, hey, this will happen if you do this. So, yeah. Exactly. And those are the things that are actually even more than teaching somebody how to put a lash on a lash is those things that could become their biggest problem is the troubleshooting before it even happens. So that when something comes about, when they're lashing, they go, Oh my gosh, she said this. That's what I need to look for right now. And, and that is, that is a priceless thing that a teacher can teach that only experienced teachers can teach. Yeah, I agree with that. So since it is just you and Melissa, in y'all's studio, I can imagine y'all's workload kind of gets to be a lot. And I want to know, like, what are some of the things that you do to kind of balance everything? Oh, you know, I, it, when I started in the business, I'm kind of like one of those that goes full in. I dive full in and I'm 24 seven into it. Mm-hmm. And I know that you hear people say all the time, you got, you have to separate yourself a little bit from the business and give yourself a little rest time. And that is like my biggest downfall is I don't tend to do that. I tend to like 24 seven dive into it. And after the first two years, I started to realize, gosh, I feel so tired all the time and I'm not taking time out for myself. And I was actually talking to a friend and she told me about this life coach. So I went, okay, well, I'll check it out. I wasn't quite sure what it was like, you know, what's it going to be like? And so I go to see this woman, Kristen, and what I do is I, I go in every two to three weeks and I talk to her about what's been going on in my life, things that are happy and things that, you know, maybe aren't so happy or things that I'm struggling with. And it's not like a therapist. It's more like a friend. And at the end, she gives me things to do for the two or three weeks before my next appointment for me to work on, that is going to be something that's going to benefit me and put me in a direction where I'm going to start honoring myself. For instance, one of the things that she made me do is write my own personal mission statement. And so we spent time going over the things that I want in life, like things that I see that I feel like either I lack or that I, I love to do in life or things that mean so much to me. And we incorporated that into a thing. And it kind of went as it goes, I promise to, and then dot, dot, dot. And then we went over it. I'll, I'll spare you guys the details, but it was just basically things like honoring myself, honoring my peace of mind, learning how to separate business and pleasure. And I'm supposed to read this every morning 
and remember this as I go through my day and I come across struggles or come across, for instance, anything that might come my way that is kind of hurtful yeah. or even things that are great, some, something that's really good for my life. And she's also given me things like um, I'm terrible at not eating lunch because I do back-to-back appointments all day long. Mm -hmm. And she's like, Angela, you know, food is energy. So she forces me to eat lunch. (laughs) She says I should eat breakfast like a king, uh, lunch like a a prince, and dinner like a pauper. And that's the healthy way of eating with like snacks in between. So I've been working on that. So working on eating better, working on getting to bed, working on drinking water as far as nourishing my body. And then also just uh, getting out and doing things more and not spending all my time working. So I try to do that more. So I've been, you know, I kind of go out of town here and there and kind of take time out now. Yeah. So it's been, it's forcing me, so to speak, to honor myself more and do more for myself. So that's, it's been a blessing actually to know her because she's uh, such a good spirit and she is such a good person. She has such an optimistic and positive way about her. I think it's cool because it's kind of like we work on our businesses so much and we kind of fine tune it and she's actually having you be super introspective and really work on yourself. And that's really awesome. I think that a lot of people can benefit from having one of those. It really, it, it is. And it can be anything you want it to be. It's not what she tells me to do. Yeah. It's she just guides me to be good to myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of my passions in life is reading books. I love, love, love to read books, but I don't have time to read books. Mm-hmm. So I listen to Audible. Yeah. And in fact, most of my clients, they just listen to their podcasts and stuff. And I listen to books well. But what I really, really want to do in life is I want to write books. I've always wanted to do that. And she is starting to try to push me towards working on the book I've always wanted to write. Oh my gosh. And so that's, yeah, that's something I'm really hoping to do because it's reading and, and writing. I, I have like a thick book full of poetry and I love to write. I just never get a chance to do it. So wow. she's going to push me to start doing that too. And I, I'm hoping to actually write a book someday. I, my, my biggest dream in life is to be an author. Oh, I love that. I'm Since sure I was 13. Will. Yeah, that's yeah. funny. When I was younger, I used to always say that I was going to write a book one day, but I've never yeah. pursued it. But that's so cool that you're, you're kind of seeking out the things that you like, what she's asking you to do is like make some promises to yourself and you, you're seeking those things out. And that's, that's really yeah. important. Yeah. Yeah. Things we always wanted to do along the way in life, yeah. but you know, business and life just kind of redirects you here and there. And it's okay to succeed in business, but you have to make sure that you're doing following other dreams as well. So she's helping me with that. And I'm, I'm exactly, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. No, that's really cool. I think, you know, as business owners, there is a period where you do kind of have to be like, you really have to be in it 100% and you do kind of have to yeah. sacrifice a couple of things, but it's hard sometimes yeah. when you're mm-hmm. so used to operating at that level where you like, mm-hmm. it's hard to pull yourself away from that. And it's, there's a little bit of mm-hmm. fear associated with that. Like what's going to happen if I pull back a little. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you know, I mean, you have to take a little time for yourself. That's why we only work Monday through Friday and weekends off. Weekends Good. are for the trainings, but I stick to my guns. Unless some 
unforeseen circumstance happens, mm-hmm. Saturdays and Sundays are for me. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to say, I think I said in Melissa's episode that y'all's studio is absolutely beautiful. It's very different because it's very like dark and I don't know, luxurious and most lash Great places. Tone. Yeah, I love that. Like most places are just like light and airy and it's just different. So who, who had the eye for that? Or did you guys get help with the design? No, we just went in and I said, where do we want to go? And we threw around ideas here and there and here and there. And we wanted to pick a tone that we could do anything with decor. So if we wanted to add pillows with brightness, we could. If we could add a Christmas tree in there with red and green, it's still going to match the decor. So we chose grays because grays are such, it's so forgiving and it can go with everything. So we picked different tones of grays. And then the floor, the cement floor, I absolutely love the cement floor like you wouldn't believe. When we got in that studio, there was a light colored wood floor in there that was so damaged, I think, from water getting in the front door that we said, let's do cement. That way, if there ever was water in the front door, we don't have to worry about replacing the floor. But at the same time, there's something about that cement floor that I absolutely just love. Mm -hmm. I, I love our cement floor and the artwork. I, I can't even begin to tell you how much I do love the artwork. Uh, I got it off iCanvas and all they are is characters of just old movie screen actresses, but they do like, they have all kinds of different, I think his name is Rob Snow. Mm-hmm. And then our most favorite thing about our studio is our uh, chandelier. We absolutely love yep. our chandelier. And, <laughs> and so I say that, you know, when we put it all together, we just said, what's going to work with, decor on any given holiday where we want to change it up. And we thought gray was the best and, and everybody does white and the white looks really super pretty, but I, we just wanted to go with maybe New York industrial. And I think that's how we went. And we're fortunate enough to have grass out front because Tucson, there's not much grass there. And if you have grass, it's going to be a small patch and you are going to do a lot of watering to keep it alive in Tucson. And we're fortunate enough to have actually grass out front of our studio. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Unlike your state where uh, you have grass everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. No. So the last thing that I want to ask is about, do you have any like quotes that you love or that you live by day to day? Or some people say that it's their motto. Yeah, I absolutely do. It's something that a friend said to me a very long time ago and his father used to say it to him. And it's, it's the way you do anything is the way you do everything. Mm -hmm. And I think that just speaks volumes about really the truth. If you cut corners on one thing, you're more than likely to be somebody who cuts corners on everything. Mm -hmm. And for me, I I just say to myself, whenever I'm doing something, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. So give it your all, make sure you're doing it right. You know, uh, give it your fullest because that's people's, they're going to see that in you. And I want people to know that I'm going to go above and beyond for them and that I'm going to um, keep um, pushing on my education. Even if I was a trainer, I'm still going to keep on education and I'm still going to push to try all the products on the market. And, you know, I, I have so many different products on the market um, and I have like three or four favorites, but everybody gets a different one because that's what they want. So I think that trying things that are new and getting out there and getting the different education and trying the different products. The way you do anything is the way you do everything. You want to make sure that you have everything under your belt for your clients. So I guess that's my favorite thing. 
All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening today. And if you enjoyed the episode, make sure to tag Lash Boss Radio and also link by Angela on Instagram. Let us know. I will include all of her social media handles and website information on the show notes as always. So I will see you guys back very soon for the next episode. Thank you guys.